0: I, Charles IV. Oh, is it the third? Bloody We will strive for so the delights of of the
1: planet. Let me put pork. it to because
0: you,
2: Justin just yes, If you win by one, ah, you've won. The phone went over the side. Oh, the
3: oh, it is time to destroy the building of the
2: country. I, just I, just I think get everyone, get should, I just think everyone
3: should be sure what the fuck is going on. Part of the ACAST Creator Network and also available on Patreon.
2: Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast, where each week I ask the question, "What What the fuck is going on? When Matt Hancock is about to put his head into a trunk full of bugs, Ant and Dex should tell him they can't give him a mask as they usually do, as they've run out of protective equipment, so he'll have to make do with a bin liner. If Hancock finds the yellow stars at the bottom of all the snakes, they should tell him they're not going to give him any food after all, but they are going to stand under a tree every Thursday evening and clap instead. When he's crawling into a trunk full of rats, and Dick should say, you have to steer there for two minutes, and if it gets too much, all you have to do is scream, get me out of here and we'll let you out. That's because it'll be very unpleasant for you rats, but you, Matt Hancock, are just going to be left there. Now, Hancock says that he's taking part in the programme so that he can discuss politics with a wider audience. Oh, that's very noble of him, to widen our democracy by discussing the merits of a tight fiscal policy in between drinking cupfuls of kangaroo spunk. I suppose each night he can explain the problem with a trade deficit... Is is it leaves a is it leaves a debt for
1: gonna be sick?
2: Hold it in, hold it in. Ooh. Future generations. He's not thinking for a moment about the £350,000 or a new career as he's been overlooked for a job in the Cabinet. He simply wants to use this opportunity to explain the new trade deal with Japan while sat on a log with Olivia from Love Island. And I'm sure he'll still carry out his duties as the elected MP for his constituents of Suffolk. When he's in the Jungle Diary Room, he'll say, I don't feel that I've bonded with Boy George, as I'd hoped. But more importantly, I've checked the application for the extension to the bus garage in Havreil, and it has my backing as long as it conforms to planning regulations. Now, he seems to believe that the public might change their view of him, when they see the real person. And I'm sure that's true. For example, nurses will say, I spent a week in intensive care because his department ran out of protective equipment, and then he said it was our fault for changing the protective equipment too often. But now that I've seen Hancock tell a funny anecdote to a footballer about when he met Prince Philip, I think he's a sweetie pie. During the pandemic, Contracts worth hundreds of millions of pounds were handed out to people with no experience because they were mates with ministers, such as, in one case, the landlord of Matt Hancock's pub. I expect Hancock's already asked ITV if his mum can be paid 50 million quid to provide the cockroaches. Even more peculiar, from my point of view, is that Sean Walsh, a friend of this podcast, is one of the other contestants. And as I'm saying this... He will be locked in his hotel room with his phone confiscated and he is one of the few people who has no idea that Matt Hancock is going to be in there with him.
1: Imagine the
2: trauma of sitting on a log where you're going to be for the next month and then looking up to see Matt Hancock going, Hi, I was Minister of Health, but I'm actually quite a cool guy. Sean will be thinking, who else are they going to bring in? And now, here's the next guest, Vladimir Putin. You, person from Holyoaks. I win five stars in challenge with baby alligator, so maybe we have a good meal tonight. But I have poisoned one of them out of habit and can't remember which one. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Matt Hancock has come in for a lot of criticism this week, but, of course, this isn't the first time that a sitting MP has taken part in I'm a Celebrity. On the previous occasion, it was Tory MP Nadine Boris.
3: Nadine, do you have any regrets about your time in the jungle? Too right, I have. I never got a shag Ant and But do you think it's right for an MP to head off to the
0: jungle and abandon their constituents?
3: Constituents? Oh, yawn, yawn. The council hasn't fixed me boiler. My kids are having to use a food bank. My husband's been locked up in a Bangkok jail for crime he didn't commit. Boring, boring.
0: Do you think it's right that he's still accepting his salary?
3: Good for him. Get up where you can. They wouldn't ask Starmer to go out there, would they? Their viewing figures would go down to zero. The only thing he'll get asked to go on is songs of fucking praise, the boring shithouse.
0: But doesn't it demean our democracy to see our elected representatives eating kangaroo testicles?
3: Oh, says who? I tell you something for nothing. I bet them kangaroo bollocks I ate tasted a lot better than yours. I reckon yours smell worse than a weightlifter's jockstrap. You couldn't even have pulled in Yates' wine lodge in Moorfields after closing time on New Year's Eve, you shithousey little shithouse
2: the is going on now as anybody who has ever tried to work out what the fuck is going on will know particularly in these tumultuous times you need expert advice and i am so pleased to have the experts expert mr nick hancock with us today <laughs> someone
0: with a phd in what the fuck is going on. How are you, (laughs) sir? I'm not too bad at all, thank you very much. As baffled as ever uh, about what's going on in the world and and by anything put in front of me, to tell you the honest truth.
2: Well, I I think you still, to this day, win the prize for being the most baffled because, as I recall last time, uh, you (laughs) couldn't work the laptop at all. And and I remember you telling us that you're... (laughs) Well, well, you you tell the story. Well, anyway, I no, it's just, I went through
0: a phase. I went through a phase of not receiving things from Amazon, and I put my son onto it, and and it turned out, and he he told me that this was impossible. But it turned out that uh, Amazon thought I lived in Denmark, and so all of the things that I was buying we were going to some address in Denmark, which we've still never really got to the bottom of. And I have to say, my my Danish is it's imperfect. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? I struggle to get by unless. <laughs> You know, Elsinore always mentioned, or Hamlet. Uh, those would be about the only two words, I reckon, or Schmeichel, maybe.
2: And so they've, got, they've all got
0: sort of uh, – they've all got like Stoke City key rings. There'll be people in Moulder saying, oh, see, they won at Wigan last night. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. That'd be great. Well, that'd be a little uh, a
2: little TV show for you to go out and reclaim reclaim all your stuff. There's probably a Stoke City um, – Fan club now in this village, and they're sort of looking... You know, they've There the the may, the
0: may well be. Morton Harkett, of course, famously is a Stoke fan. Is But is he Danish or is he Norwegian? He's Danish, I think, isn't he? No, Norway. Oh, yeah. I said he might have been Norwegian, didn't I? There you go. <laughs> uh, now, we have two things
2: that are very important that we have to discuss. Um, something that's very, very important uh, regarding health and democracy in this country. And I'm going to start by... Uh, I'm going to be start by asking a question that's been sent in by Nicola Patterson, who knew you were coming on, and this is what she said. We've had a few similar questions actually, but this is I'm going to read out Nicola's. Does Nick Hancock ever get mistaken for Matt Hancock? And now that Matt Hancock is going on I'm a Celebrity, would Nick fancy a go at
0: running the Department of Health? (laughs) Yeah, I'd have a go. I don't think I could do any worse, certainly. Do you know what? This this is a true story. I've never been mistaken for Matt Hancock, but Matt Hancock has been mistaken for me. (laughs) And so uh, I I like Matt Hancock because I have been in Hansard uh, because a question was put to the health secretary nick hancock uh what was he doing about such and such and the answer came back no this isn't room 101 nick hancock is a comedian matt hancock is the health secretary too much uh, uh, laughter and obviously predictable well matt hancock's a fucking comedian as well but but there you go so i am in hansard so oh I, 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 that's fantastic yeah it? So I rather like Matt Hancock for that, but in terms of being related to him, let, let me just stress that I'm I, I'm not related to him. I'm not a close relation, and I'd like to think that I'm not even genetically related to him. I'd like to think that I come from a completely different species. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, people, people do that because it's not a very common name, so people will go, oh, "Do you know him, or is he your cousin, or or whatever, or whatever, or whatever?" And the answer to that is is a resounding no.
2: Yeah. Yes, well, it would be tempting if he did come round and uh, uh, and you asked him to sort of get something out of the oven to say, uh, we haven't got any oven gloves, we've run out of protective equipment, mate, you'll have to fucking use a bin liner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be. It and would in be. fact, it would... And in fact, it would make sense because you don't have an oven glove because it would be a Stoke City oven glove that is currently currently residing in a village in
0: Denmark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So, I mean, I have to say that in some ways, uh, I mean, I love the fact that he he claimed that this was a a political decision to go on. I'm a celebrity. That you have yeah. to go where the voters are. Did you see that? He I claimed, did you see have that. to go where the voters are, which clearly is watching TV, which says something about his attitude to the to the. Uh, Average uh, British voter, but I do think I think it's quite a good one. I think that maybe, maybe all politicians should have to go through some th- to some sort of test by game show in order to get jobs in the cabinet. You know, I think I think you know small operations should be performed publicly on TV by people who want to be health secretary, uh, that sort of thing. Or if you want to be culture, media, and sport, you should have to do the cube. You know, I don't, oh, right. I don't, yeah, I don't see why not. Or Celebrity SAS, if you want to be in charge of the armed forces. I think it'd be much more entertaining. Nadine Doris would have been good on the Cube, I think. Yeah. What the fuck on hell am I
2: supposed to do with all this fucking shade Schofield, <laughs> your fucking shit out. <laughs> now, we have something else. Very, yeah. very important. Yes. You are very famously a massive fan of sport. Can't never seen the attraction of this uh, ridiculous way of wasting your life myself. But (laughs) you you're a massive fan of sport and uh, football and Stoke City and World Cups. Yes, this forthcoming. Competition the World Cup in Qatar is so I this is where i 'm struggling with it so i'd like to know if you're feeling the same it's clearly mad it's the most stupid place in the world to have a world cup it would make more sense to have it in the sea literally with commentators going and they're looking for the well the back four now are trying to find out where the ball's gone yeah, it's yeah. sort of bobbling about there's someone's been there's a VAR looking at a possible handball but yeah. the, the centre back is claiming that there's no other way of you know it's just yeah, moving it forward, yeah yeah, forward yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just mad so the only reason it is in Qatar is clearly because this is a country that A wants to bolster its image and B has paid more money to 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 ensure that it's there I mean even if it's legal it's still immoral and it's in the wrong time of year and everything about it's nuts. There's no build up to it. You really, with a World Cup, you want a build up of six weeks beforehand where you're going, England might have a chance. They've definitely got a chance. I think they're going to do well. I think they're going to win. They're definitely going to win. I don't know why they're even bothering to have the games. It's as good as ours before you draw in the first game to Western Malta. And and all of
0: that's been robbed from us. And can you yes. get enthusiastic about it? Well, no, absolutely not. And, it, and it, cause the, the, the amazing thing is, yes, it's been played in the winter, but they were going to play it in the summer. You know, they've moved yeah. it. They were going to play it in the summer. And even now they've got air-conditioned stadium, stadium which just tells you something about the, the madness of it. Obviously, the awarding of it cu- to Qatar was wrapped up in all sorts of you know, horrible, you know, machinations and 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 backstabbing and, and backhanders and, 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 all, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, uh, yes, it's in the middle of the season, which makes it very strange. Strange, there haven't been any World Cup songs yet, uh, which, you know, is no. usually what what heralds the beginning of a, of a tournament is, is you know, some... T- Matt Hancock possibly will do a World Cup song. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, some, you know, two-bob person who's down on... The- oh, actually, thinking about it.
2: Uh, anyway... About? I've uh, <laughs> just thought of one. I've just thought of one. Qatar, <laughs> Qatar, it's too fucking far, and the games will be ruined by VAR. I'm loving it
0: it's <laughs> let's let's work it up. <laughs> no, there was there has been a couple of things this week that um, that of amusement. Did you see that Prince William has said, or Prince William's spokesperson, or a spokesperson from um, you know Kensington Palace? i never. They're all the same thing, really. Had said that that he had no plans to visit the World Cup, and Stonewall, who are the um, uh, LGBT plus uh, spokespeople, mostly for sports. Strange enough, I don't know why that is. They've got. I know they've got a football. But any, any old way, uh, they said, you know, it's great that Prince William has, has been such a great supporter of LGBT plus, um, uh, um, you know, issues uh, um, and persecution uh, across the world, and you know, and everybody said, well, thank goodness, you know, here we have the Prince of Wales, you know, standing up, you know, properly for what is right, showing principle, and then there was another, <laughs> another announcement from an insider at Kensington Palace that said. Mind you, if England gets to the final, he might change his mind. <laughs> <laughs> and she <you> just think... <laughs> What sort of principle is that? That's fantastic. If England start doing well, he might find he doesn't mind a little bit of persecution. <laughs> he, he'll, he'll let some of it go. I mean, he, not, 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 you know, not deaths, obviously, but some torture because yeah. some torture is better than other torture, yeah. you know, and it, that we could rank it, you know, quarterfinals. He's going to let this go. finals he's going to let yeah. that go. Final all right one death one death and if we win it Maybe another, but we would there'll be some sort of sliding scale like insurance. You know, if you break your finger or your wrist or your elbow, it gets you get more of a payout. Uh, if we get and he will start making
2: statements as he as he goes out as he goes out there, he'll have to yeah. make rather than you know, although I don't agree with all of their you know, if yeah, yeah. To the stages, yeah. And if it gets to the final, he'll make a statement. Then mind you, I wouldn't fucking do it, I don't know what they're thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they know what
0: it's fucking for? God gave us it for a fucking reason.
2: Yeah, said, yeah. Said Prince William. And,
0: uh, yeah, so we play Argentina in the final, and he'll go, Messi, big puff. <laughs> That's his LGBT <laughs> statement. I'd have, him, I'd have him
2: in the fucking jail for a start. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the uh, the the uh, the other thing that's come out this week, although that was much my favourite, uh, then they, they seem to have not noticed the difference between these two statements, which I thought was fantastic. Um, was that they, the uh, the England squad have been told, and this is you'll know this, Mark, it's a man of a certain age uh, they've been told that they can't bring their own sausages. Now that is fantastic because Alf Ramsey famously took English sausages to Mexico in 1970 and was very unpopular. <laughs> the, days, the, the days of scandal were different then. Uh, you know, you had Bobby Moore nicking a bracelet and, and, and Alf yeah, Ramsey yeah, bringing yeah. his own sausages. Bobby Robson was much more sensible. He took Chris Waddle who used to work in a sausage factory with him so he could make his own sausages but they can't they can't import any um, they can't import any pork products so no sausages are going and no porn now i think that is going to be a problem mm. for some of the players because when i went to the um uh, 2002 <laughs> world cup um, i was on a train funny enough with chris england that i do my podcast yeah. with uh football podcast um, and we met a bloke and he he was sat there and we hadn't got any tickets for the England game we saw this bloke sitting on his own clearly English you know in a suit with a and we were going I'll, I'll bet that that suit that that briefcase he's got I bet that's full of tickets I bet that's you know in the way that you do you make up little stories about people and it was a very long journey we went over to him. turned out yes he worked for FIFA and yes yeah. Yes, it was full of tickets for the England game. Um, So, so we got some tickets. But we found out, we found out that his job was player comfort. So he would go from camp to camp to camp, all you know, all the training areas, checking that the players had everything they wanted. And he said, uh, "I said, it has been fantastic." He said, "We've only had one complaint across all of the countries, all of the countries." And we've had one complaint. And we said, oh, well, you've got to tell us what it is. And he said, yeah, it was from the England camp. And we had one handwritten complaint posted in the little complaints thing. And it was the pawns pixelated. <laughs> the is, this was the biggest problem that any player had in the famously you know fascinating but difficult to get on with country that is japan this was the main thing <laughs> yes. the yeah. i'm not going to check probably why we've limped
2: out one uh, to one to Brazil, after they had uh, Ronaldinho sent off. Yeah, yeah. I, I think almost no, certainly. Probably, yeah, they were all over the place. That yeah. player probably was all over the place. I can't concentrate because I, the balls all bloody.
0: I can't, I can't make out what anything is. My golden balls keep touching the pitch. I can't run any quicker. <laughs> no, Mr. Nick Haggard, what have you got that we can. Do you still. Are you doing any. What are you doing? We're well, do, doing the, um, the famous sloping pitch. Uh, Podcast, lovely, which, lovely, you know, podcast which you know uh, which you've done and you 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 were wonderful on it you know you were certainly in our top hundred uh no <laughs> you're one of our very best and it's, it's about football obviously world cup we'll be doing a lot on the world cup um but it is it is it is um it, it's not not just about football it's it, it's about life but then isn't football about life mark isn't it isn't it though
2: well i think that's um I think that's very, very poignant words. And I think uh, on that note, Mr. Nick Hancock, thank you so much for illuminating us as to what the fuck is going on and to which MPs are telling us what they're asking the same question. Bless them. Uh, Mr. Nick Hancock, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Mark Steele, thank you very much. The Rugby League World Cup is taking place at the moment and England are through to the quarterfinals. I haven't really watched all that much of it, but it did bring to mind a little known story which involved Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. And who better to tell it than the man who witnessed it firsthand, Lieutenant Colonel Sir Ambrose Chislehurst Trigonometry. Uh, Well, I mean, in recent weeks, while I've been entertained perusing the uh, the Rugby League World Cup, it's put me in mind of how how very few people, I believe, in this nation are aware that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II was a most wonderful scrum-half. Quite extraordinary, she was... She would just pick them all up and, and just shimmy-shammy right through the back row, run like an absolute whippet and, and just stick the ball straight beneath the post, time after time. I mean, it all began, as I recall, uh, 1974 when England were playing the uh, All Blacks at Twickenham and I was accompanying uh, Her Majesty in her usual seat uh, in my capacity as Lieutenant Colonel of the 14th Dragoon Fusilier Guards of Western Soup Mayor and and the, the word went out that the scrum half is rather incapacitated. I believe he jumped out of a helicopter while, uh, having consumed too much alcohol and sprained his ankle or some such. And her majesty, do you know, she just ran straight on She said, I'll do it. She uh, just saw it as part of her civic duty, you see. And the next thing she was running this way and that way, she tore those kiwis to pieces. <laughs> she got warned at one point because she put in the most crunching tackle on uh, one of the back row there. Uh, and of course, she was wearing a crown, and the Emerald of India gouged this poor chap's leg, which was rather unfortunate. But I, I think he saw the funny side of it. And then, and then afterwards, in the afterwards in the changing rooms, she drank them under the table. She. Ha! Ah, oh, she downed the light of fluid like there was no tomorrow and then <laughs> led them all in a most wonderful chorus of four-and-twenty virgins came down from Inverness. And do you know that when the four-and-twenty virgins went back up to Inverness, I mean, they, they missed their connecting train, and do you know she put them all up at Balmoral? What a remarkable lady she was. What the fuck is going Thank you so much to all those of you who are now supporting us on Patreon. It is because of you that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. If you would like to join these wonderful, virtuous, radiant, saintly people for as little as £2 a month, just follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on. And you will come to us, or possibly if you type one letter wrong to a Christian student organization uh, quite a sweary one by the sounds of it and uh, and then you could spend the rest of your life following them which I'm sure will be most virtuous or if you really want to know what's going on for just four pounds a month you'll get a longer ad-free version of the episode no adverts that's worth it even if you can't stand the podcast to just go 45 minutes without an advert. And there will be extended interviews, bonus sketches. This week, for example, there's Fred Truman talking about Albanians. And you'll be able to take part in Ask Me Anything sessions. We've done one. There'll be another one soon. And you'll get it on Friday nights, unlike people who have to wait until Saturday mornings. So go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on to join the WTF community, as we are now officially registered. Uh, a few announcements, as ever, as if this is a political meeting from 1978. Uh, first of all, so I'm doing a few shows uh, between now and Christmas. I think there's about five or six left. Uh, there's one at the Blackheath Halls on November the 16th. I'm going to uh, Abagavenny on the 2nd of December. There's a few tickets here and there for those. I'm not sure there you are know, a few people returns. And you know, given that uh, the given the age of my audience, there's always a chance that someone's not going to make it. The two months between when they buy the tickets and when it happens. So, uh, uh, so the few tickets then, but bloody Kettering, poxy Kettering. I, uh, where uh, the Lighthouse Theatre or something? And it's on November the 12th, really soon. Just come to the bloody Kettering one. Do you know what? Here you are. I don't know if this, how this works. The first three people to just ring up and say to the theatre, what the fuck is going on? I, you can have a free ticket. There we are. We'll sort that out. I, I don't know why. Just Nobody seems to want to come to Kettering. There's about 200 bloody tickets left in the lighthouse theatre. There'd be more chance of people coming if it was up the fucking top of a lighthouse and you had to walk up 700 steps to get there. And while during the show, you had to operate the light because of the shipping situation around Kettering. Uh, I don't know why people don't. Just come to... Come to the show in Kettering. Just just come along and you don't uh, – first three people – no, the first five people who ring up and say, what the fuck is going on, you can have a free ticket for Kettering. Uh, I've had one lovely message from Gina Clear, a Patreon supporter, who says, can't wait for you to do another show in France, Mark. How about coming to Lyon? So uh, thank you for listening to the show all the way from Leon, Gina. In the meantime, I'm coming all the way to Kettering to see you to try to fill up that cavernous place. Now, I don't know, <laughs> is that true? I'm they're so deluded that someone's making a little joke and I'm thinking. Oh, maybe that's one ticket sold from someone from Lyon. So I hope that that is true, Gina. In fact, I'm even going to do a little bit in French, especially for you. J'espère que c'est vrai. Je ne sais pas si, qu'est-ce que c'est la vérité, mais si tu uh, si tu viendras de Lyon pour les spectacles en, uh, à Kettering, je ferai tous les spectacles en français pour toi. Merci bien. Uh, so... Uh well, uh, oh, I'm a, I'm on the chase. I forgot that I did a you the chase and pointless. You you sort of uh, there's so much in advance that you recalled them completely. Forget think they must have lost the tape, and then about a year and a half later, the thing goes out and people say, "I saw you get the most simple, basic, moronic question completely wrong, you idiot in the street," and you can't remember what that's uh, uh what that's for. But uh, so I'll be on that with. Bradley Walsh and um, a weather g- woman who was very nice, and someone f- from Bucks Fizz. <laughs> That's a show, isn't it? People have also been getting in touch with us on our Patreon account as well as on Twitter. Want to know what the fuck is going on with certain things. So, educating Mr. M asks, in lieu of sackings and resignations for MP misdemeanors, what television reality programs could we use as punishment? Now, this is a very, very difficult question because what could you do? Now, I'm a Celebrity is supposed to be about punishment, but it isn't, is it? Because they they want to go on it. They're paid a lot. And and they think that they're going to, uh, oh, I don't know. They justify it for reasons that we've already said in this podcast. But so it doesn't really... Work and, and I don't know, even if you said, right, there's going to be a television programme every week, because there, you keep getting more. I think that Bridgen bloke's been suspended now for misdemeanours, isn't he? So one after the other gets suspended, and you think you could have a weekly television programme where each that week's suspended MP is taken into a dungeon and beaten on the bare ass with a shovel by people who have won uh, a lottery, and that is... Filmed and put out live on BBC One or even subscriptions, Sky Sport, pay-per-view, that would do it. But then you'd probably get more Tory MPs deliberately getting suspended, going, Oh, I think I'd I'd rather take to that with a shovel. <laughs> David Hauker on Twitter asks, given that our rivers and coastal waters are now an integral part of the sewage system. An integral part of the sewage system. Would I be entitled to a rebate on my utility bills if I took a dump in a bucket, walked down to the beach and chucked it into the sea? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's brilliant, David Hauker on Twitter. You're you're quite absolutely right if we all did that, because we are getting to that. We are getting to that point now, aren't we? Now we've got rid of the bloody pesky European laws that regulate such things. At last, we are at liberty to... Chuck our shit where we want. Bloody regulation telling us that we can't have bloody turds in the street. That is where we're going. I suspect that in about three or four years we'll just be, uh, yeah, we'll be going. Well, uh, uh, the water bills—they did say that we get fifty percent off if we just dump out the window, and uh, and it'll be back to that. It was good enough for the sixteenth century. So why can't we do that? And certainly if you go to all the trouble of taking it down to the sea and doing it yourself, I think that's <laughs> that's absolutely right, Dave. Well, people will be, you know, maybe people can maybe you could sort of make a little bit of money. The water companies will pay you if you if you collect other people's. You know, like people who are sometimes kids who live near a golf course, they go up the golf course, don't they, and they go around and find all the lost golf balls and they get a bit of money for that. I remember my uh, my son, Elliot Steele, who I bred so that he could come onto this program. Uh, I remember one night in a local pub, he went round for about an hour, taking all the glasses back to the bar, and they gave him ten quid. I think that in the future, that's what we'll do. You'll just go around and collect up everybody's turds, take them down to the sea, tip them in, and you'll get fifteen pounds from Southern Water. Right. Uh, thank you very much to all of you for your for your lovely. Questions. I hope I've answered them. I hope now you know what the fuck is going on. I really hope that water thing comes about. If we're going to have a non-regulated water industry, I think that uh, I think we should definitely do that. And I think that there should then be a big statue of David Hauker on Twitter, somewhere like the a beach, somewhere like Penzance or something where where this is happening. And um it could say up until up until David Hauker's suggestion on Twitter, people weren't paid. For shitting in the sea. But now, due to him, that's what's happened. Just like people sort of commemorate um, John Snow, is it? Or Basil Gett, who invented the, you know, created the sewers under London. So, David Hawker would be the next in the pantheon of great people who transformed our water system. What the fuck? What the fuck, what the fuck is going on? As anybody knows who has ever. Even considered working out what the fuck is going on. You need advice from across the generations, particularly the generation that is 26 and about three months. So I am lucky that I am accompanied by somebody who I bred about that time ago. Elliot Steele. Hello. 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 I wonder whether one week, you know, sort of, maybe this is a generational thing in itself if you were brought up in the 60s and 70s the thing with anyone in entertainment was they bounced onto the stage or whatever they were on with a big enthusiastic hello radio djs cannon and ball they would come on and go hello everybody we're at black bull not once in their career i don't think did they ever come on and go <laughs> I don't yeah, think David but, Nixon did that. I don't think that Russ
1: Abbott ever did that. But they were all unauthentic, and then because if they really were for it, they'd have just gone come on and gone, "Hello, we're also paedophiles who have been <laughs> employed by the BBC, and we are here." You know that that was all that there was all that going on back then. Well, yeah, but at least you knew that they would show had started. That's true. They did earn it. They earned the pedophiles. They didn't come pedophiles and then entertainers. They were entertainers first and then pedophiles. You have to give them that. They were. They were. You know,
2: Cannon and Ball. I think it should be said for moral reasons as well as probably skirting near towards legal ones, weren't <laughs> pedophiles as far <laughs> as we know. That is to say, <laughs>
1: they weren't.
2: In actual fact, <laughs> practitioners of that perversion. Who were Cannon and Ball? Cannon and Ball. Who were Cannon and Ball? Who were Cannon, Cannon and Ball? Ball. Right, was a little little Bobby Ball and Tommy Cannon, and he was the straight oh, man. I, really, I hate it. I hate and he had braces, really. and the, and then the, the the tall one would say something serious. Right, we're going to sing a song for the people, and then little. Uh, little Bobby Ball, would push his braces forward and they'd flick back and he'd go, Rock on, Tommy!
1: What, what? How was that like a thing? How did it, That was so... That just sounds That awful. was when
2: entertainers were entertainers, my friend. Yeah. Oh, my they didn't God. have to swear or go on about pedophiles. That's what they would do.
1: And they had a little catchphrase, and they would go, Rock on, Tommy! I suppose catchphrase comedy hasn't died in like a vein. Not that there's anything necessarily wrong with catchphrase comedy. Mm. But there's also... I can't stand it. What, catchphrase comedy? No,
2: I can't. You know, people just think they can say something like, I'd... Not these days, i give up. Or, you know, head of marketing for Pringles across the whole of the Rygate era, and they think that's enough what's that about
1: yeah i guess i guess like, i tried to watch little britain again a little while ago and i was like this is they're just doing catchphrases yeah they're yeah, just yeah. the sketches they just say the thing you know they're going to say you know like, they said the thing mm. and then they black up and you're like Ooh, oh, what, that's a bit- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like you've got yeah. the catchphrase comedy and no. like, you know, it's a very odd mix of comedy <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> <this is catchphrase. laughs> well, here we are. Right, I'm going to
2: say this on here, because I think this is perfectly legitimate, and this is open to debate. But on the afternoon that Liz Truss resigned, mm. I had to go and do uh, a, a peculiar gig for... Uh, that involves so you. It what it,
1: Eh? is this a story that involves you blacking up and you're like just getting ahead of, well, listen, ahead and you'll of the know. press
2: listen you'll you'll see so I went down to Gypsy Hill Station and there was an African man sat next to me and oh, it was no. maybe it an hour start. or two you've had to save this story it was about an hour or two after Liz Truss had resigned and I swear this is exactly what he said he went he must have been talking to someone back home and he went they have got rid of their prime minister yes and then he went no 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 this is another one <laughs> now tell me that isn't funny that is funny well, that's funny well, well there's
1: nothing wrong with doing an African action no no no, no exactly now, so I
2: did tell that story in Chorley the other night and uh, I said I don't know if this gets you cancelled these days and all that I don't want to be one of these people you know but but I thought and then anyway they all seemed to laugh but for all I know there was one person going well I wouldn't have expected that and I, I don't know but I think that was funny and I know part of the funniness is his accent but you know there we are anyway I've done it now and if this goes out it's been a lovely career. <laughs> now, Twitter, which has mm. been a big part of many people's lives over the last twelve years or so, yeah, is now undergoing a transformation. It's been bought by Elon Musk. Yeah, what do we think of
1: that? I, I, I'm quite. I find Elon Musk quite a divisive character, as he is. I think he does some good things. I think he does some bad things, like anyone does. Um, I think he's going to ruin Twitter. Because it's like you gotta pay eight quid a month and it's like, well, I just won't do that and just won't have Twitter then that's fine. Well not everyone has to pay eight quid a month. Oh, do do that? Not who has to?
2: No, just if you've got if you're one of the people with a blue tick, yeah. then you don't pay that that if you if you pay eight pounds a month to preserve your blue tick. Now I've never really understood the blue tick bit of
1: Twitter, have you? It's just it's just verified. So it's just like said so no one can make an account and go, um, uh, and start I'm George, like, Clooney. I'm George Clooney and then start tweeting like you, you know we should we should go to Zimbabwe they have the right idea over there let's fuck <laughs> it you know what I mean and like, it, like what, George, why does George Clooney think well, why is George Clooney obsessed with Zimbabwe but instead so it's like, oh there's a blue tick that's not George Clooney that's just someone pretending to be George Clooney right well, the thing with Elon Musk that every it's it's what I find funny about it and it is Twitter discourse where everyone's like you know what Twitter's like, right? everyone needs to be kind. We all need to, you know, because some people, you know, especially nowadays, we don't know what people are going through. And then an autistic person buys Twitter and carries a sink into the Twitter office and goes, look, let that sink in. And everyone's like, look, oh, my God, he thinks he's so funny. What an absolute idiot. And you're like, yeah, he has autism, like for autistic people. That's a great joke. But like, do you know when I mean? autistic well, humour is with autism? Yeah, he's like hugely autistic. That's it. That, that he was on. The, that's why when he first hosted SNL, and everyone was like, "Look, he thinks he's hilarious," and you're like, well, no, he's autistic on SNL." Like he was the first autistic person to host SNL. So I don't get what you want. You want diversity in things, and here's a diverse act. But it's not the right kind of diversity because you disagree with him. So it, it's just—I it, just think it's quite an interesting, like, sort of discussion that happens. I, I just that
2: think the only change that's going to happen though? Is that you have to pay eight quid for your blue tick?
1: Um, yeah. There's, uh, but yeah. So he's going to allow like Trump back on it and people like Andrew Tate and stuff, which I like. It—he's it, bought a thing. And he's, I think he just likes being the center of attention. He likes being talked about. I listened to him on uh Lex Friedman's podcast. He comes across quite well, uh, but he is like when you listen to him on that podcast, you realize he's just a nerd. Like he's just like a super intelligent nerd who's made a lot of money, and he wants to be popular. That's why he's had loads of surgery done to himself and things like. That. He's just a nerd who can now be popular. That's all it is.
2: But what I don't right, this is what I don't It seems to me that Twitter is uh, is actually really is a really brilliant little thing for sort of letting people know about something or for saying something, Daft. And if you don't take it too seriously, it's fine. And I think it's great for the in town series because if I'm going to somewhere like uh, where's the last place that I went? Well, it's Paris. But say the one before that was uh, where did we go? Newport, right? Who knows anything about Newport in South Wales? And about a thousand people reply, everyone's nice, everyone's like it's all useful, really sweet. And I think most people are like that. And then there's just a little handful of people who you who just whatever it is, you put oh, it's raining a bit more than usual these days, and someone will go, oh, right, well, that's because of climate change. If you weren't such a moron, yeah. but you just uh, think everything's about you rather than about what about thinking about that next time? I thought you were better than that. You scum shit face wank tit. And, uh, and that, you, you've just got those people. If you could try and eliminate those. I think one of the things about Twitter is to try and block maybe 10 people a day and then eventually you will get rid of all of them. It's like ants. You've got, you've just got to be diligent every day. You know, if you kill all the ants, oh, fuck, there's another one. You don't just give up and let the ants come in. You get a boiling water, kill more ants, and then eventually they will. I think the ants, they're intelligent, and not they? They go, oh, don't go in here. It keeps pouring boiling water over us. <laughs>
1: but, but that's, that's what – if Elon Musk wants to make Twitter a better place, he should just kick football fans off it. That would be kick the, off first the football fans. Football and football
2: kick off, fans. I, I go for all the people I've blocked. I
1: got they're,
2: they're, they're just so. But the um, do you fight? I mean, I don't. If I find that some of the people who are sort of supposedly on the left are, they are the most. They're the anger. They will just go go off at any. Well, I've done this in my act, right? So I put uh, when Trump was president, I put. Uh, I put something about him being a psychopath. Four people sent me messages saying don't add to the stigma against psychopaths. Oh yeah. And I had a joke about it going, they're suffering as well, you know. They've got nowhere to put their salad because their fridge is full of heads.
1: Yeah, it's that's that's Twitter. (laughs) Well, well done, Elon Musk. Enjoy owning that.
2: thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you have liked it rate it and if you can be bothered write a review if you can't be bothered make a special effort to write a review you will feel so virtuous if there is anything at all that you think i should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it please send me a message on twitter at wtf is going on pod and we will look at every message that you send If you would like to become a WTF supporter and get early access to ad-free extended versions for as little as £2 a month, please visit our Patreon page. What the Fuck is Going On was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests Nick Hancock and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair. Music by Willie Dowling. Produced by Mike Benwell. What the Fuck is Going On was brought to you by WTF Productions.